Welcome to Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. What does it take to lead yourself and your teams to high performance with ease? Today, you'll discover simple practices that separate exceptional leaders from the rest. Now, here is your host, Nicole Bendeley. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Bendeley. Welcome to this episode of Leading on Purpose. I'm really, really thrilled to welcome my two guests today, um, Heidi Mosbach and Katie Kemmerling, who I'm going to introduce um, in a couple of seconds. Together today, we're going to explore the powerful connection between a company's brand and its culture. You're going to gain insight into how, how to ensure your brand and your culture are aligned. And this is so important. It's important for greater competitive advantage, greater engagement with your people people, and at the end of the day, a much better, more positive customer experience. So my two guests, Heidi and Katie, are joining me from Irvin and Smith. And Irvin and Smith is a leading digital agency that has been recognized as one of Inc. Magazine's 5,000 fastest growing companies and one of the best places to work, which I love, by advertising age. So welcome, Heidi and Katie, for joining me today. Thank you for joining me. I didn't be here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. Of course, of course. So I'm going to introduce you both. Um, and I just want to let our listeners know that Heidi and Katie and their team at Irvin and Smith, um, I've worked closely with them for a few years now, and they've done phenomenal work for K&Co, for my company. And when it says that you are one of the best places to work, that shines through you, both of you and your people. I mean, just it speaks, um, it speaks volumes to the fact that culture has a direct impact on quality and the customer experience speaking as one of your clients and, and, uh, and, um, you know, somebody who's known you for a while now, it's, it's been a pleasure working with both of you. So I'm really excited to learn from you today. So Heidi, Heidi is president and CEO of Irvin and Smith, and Heidi oversees all strategic initiatives and guides the company's best places to work culture, which has been recognized by AdAge and Entrepreneur Magazines. Heidi has successfully developed brand strategies for a variety of industries, ranging from Fortune 500 companies to technology startups. With more than 20 years of business and marketing experience, Heidi regularly consults with key business leaders and CEOs across the country on how brand and marketing can help address some of today's most pressing business challenges. And Katie, Katie Kemmerling is Chief Marketing Officer at Irvin and Smith. And Katie leads the Marketing, Creative, Develop Creative Development, and Public Relations Departments. Katie is responsible for guiding and implementing both strategic and new business initiatives at Irvin and Smith. She successfully helped companies improve their brand relevance, drive traffic and leads, increase media mentions, and improve overall return on investment. To complement these programs, Katie has established executive and team training programs on digital strategy, social media, brand building, content marketing execution, and creative brainstorming. Katie's leadership and business insights have been the driving force behind the agency's growth and being recognized as a best places to work culture by AdAge and Entrepreneur Magazines. Well, ladies, welcome. It's such a pleasure. So I want to start the way that I start most of our podcasts, which is really getting a sense of your purpose as individuals, um, your purpose as leaders. Um, and, and maybe Heidi, we'll start with you. 
Yeah. So I think you nailed how I, I like to lead. It's the purpose as individuals and as leaders, because for me, uh, my biggest purpose as a leader is to be authentic. So I want to make sure that what I believe and value in my personal life uh, is also how I show up in my professional life. And so that that does align with what I say and what I do. And so for me, that really shows up by being invested in the people and really looking at uh, you know, developing our employees as professionals, but also looking at them as whole people and their overall well-being. Um, it's creating a culture that fosters creativity and um, empathy and that personal and professional growth. And then it's it's really looking at creating opportunities that create a safe environment where people feel valued and heard. And so, I hope with a combination of all of those things that my actions inspire, influence people to be the best version of themselves, which is what I try to do every day. So uh, I think that's my purpose uh, professionally and personally uh, aligned. So. Oh, nice. And I love that you say, Heidi, that, you know, to be show up the same way you do in your personal life as you do at work. Right. And, and that is the sign of a leader who, like you say, is striving to create a safe culture, a safe climate where people feel free to be themselves, right. Just show up as themselves without fear of, of judgment. Um, So, so that's wonderful. Thanks, Heidi. And now Katie, what about you? Well, my purpose as a leader, I really, I think it's to build a workplace that is creative, collaborative, fun, and safe. Um, That's definitely something that Heidi and I have in common and feel that is super important. We want our company to be a place where people feel secure and valued enough to be truly themselves. Um, You know, I want a company and a team that is trusting and trustworthy and ultimately be a leader that is inspiring people to come to work every day and do their very best and support each other and have a lot of fun while they're doing it. Uh, I also think that my purpose as a leader is to also demonstrate that you can always learn more, be better and do better, no matter what you've achieved, no matter where you are in life or where you are on an org chart. Um, And to continue to demonstrate that attitude and effort are truly the only two things that are in our control. I love that you speak directly to the two things that are are in our control, right? Attitude and effort. And, And effort in particular, you know, it was interesting. A couple of podcasts ago, um, I interviewed somebody by the name of Chris Littlefield, and he reminded me and all of us that, yes, we're we're working virtually um, right now, and it's difficult, and we're all adjusting, but we're working virtually during a pandemic. And so, where leaders need to focus is not just on the outcome, right, on the results that are created. It's on the effort that is required to create those outcomes today and the attitude that people are bringing to work um, when so much is going on behind the scenes that you may not be aware of when they put on this happy face. Um, So thank you for focusing on attitude and effort because that's so, so essential anytime, but especially during a crisis. So I'm curious, both of you, I'm curious. I know 
about ENS's culture, um, but share, share what makes ENS so special, what makes it one of the best places to work, um, and, and how do you ensure your brand and culture are aligned? We're going to get into what really is brand in a little bit, but want to hear from you from ENS's perspective and ENS's company culture and brand. Tell us about them. So I would say our brand and culture are really built around a lot of the same things that most others are. You have a shared mission, values, um, and things that, you know, we kind of believe are our ethos that really help inspire and drive the behaviors and attitudes of our team. Um, we also look at our culture and our brand um, really as kind of one thing. For us, they are synonymous. And so, you know, we're really hiring for culture fit and proficiency of skill. And, you know, we're evaluating how all this comes together through our um, core values, which I will share with you. So we believe in candor. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of something from our culture book, if you don't mind. Great. So, um, candor, we support each other. We respect and um, believe that candor and respect go hand in hand. And when problems arise or plans change, we stay open and collaborative so we can continue moving forward together. We also value happiness and that we believe our work and lives are integrated intricately connected. So we fund and fuel things that matter in achieving true happiness, having fun together at work, taking time to recharge in life and being flexible about when, where, and how we do our best work. I love it. Uh, We also value accountability. So we do what we say we're going to do. Purpose drives us. We make decisions and we take action. And we are accountable to each other, to our clients, and to ourselves. It's a defining character of our most successful team members. I love it. And last but not least is... It was innovation. So oh, great. we never settle. We are committed to trying new things, taking risks, and doing things the right way, even if it's a little bit harder. We don't settle in our comfort zone. We innovate, iterate, and then we innovate again. So those core values of candor, happiness, accountability, and innovation are really um, the kind of core values that we all share. And it's how we do work. It's how we show up. And it's how we all rally around our mission to create things that matter. So those are really the defining characteristics kind of on paper as it relates to our brand and culture of Urban and Smith. So... Those are powerful. Those are four very powerful values. And how do you ensure that they are more than words on a website or words in a culture book? How do you make sure they are part of your everyday? I think that goes back to we're very intentional about creating this brand. And so while we do have those values and it's what we hire for, it's what we look for and hold each other accountable to, We've taken it a step further, too, and we've created um, what we refer to as our employer brand. So a lot of people call it culture, but it's basically an agreement between us and our employees of what we're going to give them in return for their effort. And, um, you know, we've worked to create something that's aspirational, but they're guiding principles. So they take it a step further than our values, and we really define 
Um, you know, what are those things that we're going to do? What are those behaviors that we need to see across the board in order for this to truly become something that's ingrained in every day? And so, you know, for us, that really is, again, going back to what Katie said, creating things that matter. But when we look at those principles that start to um really define the behaviors. It's more about doing what we say we're going to do. So we hold each other accountable to that standard. We support each other. Again, going to Katie's comment about valuing happiness, that is another one of our guiding principles. And then the never settle. And so what we do every year then is we look at between our mission, our values, and our employer brand, you know, how do we evaluate that based on what the business needs this year, what our employees need, and come up with um, strategies, solutions, benefits, and perks that align with that so that, one, our employees see us as leaders uh, demonstrating. I think that's key to making sure you can live that that brand in your culture. Uh, so uh, demonstrating those behaviors, I, I hope we're doing that on a consistent basis and and that our employees can see that, but um, it, it really becomes ingrained in, our, in how we work and how we work with each other. Okay, good. So how did you, yeah, living those, right? And, and accountability is one of your, one of your values, right? And so holding yourselves accountable to to uh, demonstrating those values every day. And so how did you create your values? Was this something where you and, and, you know, the two of you came together and the senior leaders came together to create it? Or was it a full effort of the organization? Or how do you go about creating your values? For us, it was a little bit of combo of everything. Yeah. They've been an evolution. I think as you know, Heidi and I have been with the company for some time, our values have continued to um, be updated and really um, become more pointed. We used to have quite a few more and we realized that too, it was hard for people, including ourselves, to be able to quickly recite those. And so, you know, we wanted to make them meaningful, aspirational, um, but also authentic and true and something that we felt like people would be able to connect to and identify with. And so we'd have that kind of groundswell of um, effort and excitement around being part of the Urban and Smith team. And so that was something that was, uh, like Heidi said, a combination. I think we had some influence as well as some great it feedback from team members because we think it's really important not to just create something in a silo, but make sure that this is resonating with the people, especially top performers within our agency, people yes. that are leaders in this company that we turn to uh, that have a, a real impact and be able to weigh in and say, hey, I don't know if this is exactly how we want things um you know, said. And so being able to collaborate and iterate and do the exact same process that we do for clients for ourselves. Oh, great. Oh, good, good, good. So you had that involvement, right? And I'm curious, how has, you know, happiness in particular, right? Happiness, experiencing joy through your work, um, being able to be innovative, staying accountable, um, and um, how have, have all of those values been affected? How has your culture been affected by this pandemic? 
I, I think they're that great um, base to go back to. I mean, the pandemic's uh, challenging us to essentially embrace all of those values of having those candid conversations with each other. And just, again, going back to the personal and professional, what do we need as, uh, as people and individuals and parents raising kids and being teachers, you know, so being candid and open in those conversations, but also what uh, we need as professionals from each other. Going back to the happiness, you know, like Katie said, we, we try to uh, work with our teams to focus on what we can control. We can only control our attitude and our effort. And so really putting our energy there versus all of the things that we're learning are outside of our control. Uh, you know, kind of looking at it from an optimistic lens too, and just saying, you know, how do, how can we make the most of this? What, how, what can we learn from this? How can we use this as a growth opportunity? Um, and really be forced to innovate. I mean, we're being, uh, no better time than now to really challenge everything we do and how we work and how we interact. And so um, while it's definitely been a challenge, uh, you know, we're trying to look at what are the good things that could come out of this and how can we be stronger at the end of it. Okay, good. So never waste a crisis, right? There's there's <laughs> opportunities to innovate um, when you have the right um, culture and ability to, you know, be candid with one another and be open to making mistakes and trying new things to see where you go. So when we come back, I really want to explore what is a brand at the end of the day? How do we go about creating one? How do we know when our brand or existing brand may need to be reimagined, right? And how do we ensure our brand and our culture um, stay aligned? Okay, so we'll be right back and we'll continue our chat with Heidi and Katie. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kenco's self-paced e-course, leading high-performance teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit kand.co slash ecourse. That's promo code VA30. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. That's kand.co slash strategy. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. 
All right, welcome back. Hey, before we jump in, I want to encourage you all to check out Irvin and Smith's website and check out their great work all around brand and in advertising at irvinandsmith.com and you can sign up for their newsletter there as well. So let's talk about brand. When we use the word brand and you used, you know, um, employer brand, um, I think there are some different interpretations of what a company's brand really is. So let's clear that up. What is a company's brand at the end of the day? Well, I I think it's interesting because there are actually two different definitions to um, kind of a a brand. Well, there's a lot of definitions I should say. Um, David Ogilvie, he defined brand as the intangible sum of a product's attributes, um, which is still pretty squishy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We also think it's important as we start thinking about brand to help people frame it up. What is it not? You know, it's not just a logo. It's not just a product or a tagline, but it really is kind of this sum of someone's gut reaction or feelings about your product, service, or organization. So when we think about brand, we think about two kind of different um, aspects of that. You have your consumer brand. It's how customers and partners think and feel about your products and service. And then you also have the employer brand, how employees and candidates think and feel about your place of business to work. And so those are kind of those two different definitions um, at a high level uh, of how someone might be thinking and looking at brand. Okay, that really, that clears it up um, for me looking at it from those two perspectives. So if we're looking at it, let's say from the consumer brand perspective, can you give us an example of, you know, maybe one of your clients or another organization that um, does it really well? Can you describe sort of, um, use an example of an organization and their goal as far as customer experience, what people, what they want their customers to feel and think when they engage with their brand or hear about their brand? Um, And what are some of the elements that go into creating a strong brand? Yeah, I mean, we often say, you know, when you think of of brands. And it's like Katie said, it's the entire experience. It's not just your logo. It's the sum of everything. You know, Amazon's one that comes to mind. It's mm-hmm. it's everything from all of the products and services that they offer, all the products that they offer, but even how they're delivered. Um, you know, you get into, you're seeing more of that employer piece coming into conversations today. But I think when you think of, you know, just initially their consumer brand and, you know, the, the option to get uh, products into hands fast and that immediacy and the simplicity of their website and the one click. Um, I think they did a lot from a consumer experience perspective and um, now are being challenged from an employee uh, brand perspective. Right. So what are your thoughts around, so how do you incorporate, so then I would guess PR and communications is a big piece of branding, right? How 
organizations respond to crisis or negative feedback, even down to how they tweet back to a customer complaint. So how has the um, customer perception of an organization changed over the past few years, given the impact social media and, you know, even just the 24-hour news cycle have on an organization's brand and a consumer's ability to be like, cancel, cancel, cult, you know, I'm, I'm not supporting this organization anymore. So what do organizations need to be more cognizant of, I should say, with growing their customer or their consumer brand? What do they need to be aware of? I think one of the lessons that is still seemingly the hardest to learn is that it's not a one-way conversation. Brands are still thinking that they get to control all the narrative and put things out and people will just consume that and just believe it to be true. Mm -hmm. But with social media, with 24-7 news cycle, with highly sophisticated and savvy customers, people are going to call you out. And so I think the biggest lesson at this point point is authenticity and alignment and really being prepared when you mess up because somebody, a brand is going to do something most likely unintentionally, but now you have so many different mirrors, I'm going to call them, that are mirroring back to you, your behavior, your message. Being able to take a pause and say, let's let's soak this in and let's see what we might be able to learn from this and how we can grow in our presence and our promise and how we're connecting and enhancing lives. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons to be learned. And still, it's it's pretty amazing that brands are still learning this lesson. Um, a second lesson is I think to be prepared if and when a crisis does occur because you can't just hide and you can't be dishonest. Um, I think, Nicole, you mentioned cancel culture is alive and well, and people are, they're not having it. And I think it's really interesting time for brands to be able to innovate and to elevate and say, how are we going to fit into your life in a way that's meaningful and is in alignment with how you're living your life and um, the brands that you want to associate with that really are, um, a reflection of who you are as a person. So I think that's a really interesting time for us to be kind of eyes wide open and ears open as well. So it's interesting when we talk about cancel culture and brands and it's how it, you're absolutely right, both of you at the need for this two-way dialogue and our consumers are not only more savvy, but are far more engaged in politics, social justice, you know, um, equality for all, um, a number of different really important issues at the forefront right now. So from your experience and perspective, where is that line that organizations should draw or should they draw as far as how engaged they become in the movements, the social movements um, that are happening or political movements, whatever they may be, that are happening in their country, in their state, in, in the world. So what is the risk of joining 
in and um, drawing a line in the sand in the organization stating what they are for and what they are not for in relation to an issue of importance in the country or in the world. Um, what's the risk in doing so? And what's the risk in not? Like, where is that balance for organizations today as far as their brand goes? I think, I think it goes back to just, they have to be authentic to themselves. So when you think about that risk or, you know, if, if it is a risk or it isn't, um, you know, that's really looking internally and saying, if you're going to go out with a statement or um, a post or a message to make sure it really aligns with, again, not just a statement, um, because I think consumers and employees can see through that today. Um, and, and that can create more backlash, but it really has to be, again, alignment with what you value and what you believe. And um, if you're willing to take take that risk or if if that's more detrimental to the brand, because it's not it's not aligned. So I think right. it just goes back to just being really authentic. And that's going to differ for everyone in terms of what the best action moving forward is. And I, Heidi, I completely agree with you. And I think that is why more than ever, it's so important for brands to get clear on what they believe, what they value, and really also understand the culture that they have created and the values of the employees that are essentially brand ambassadors for that company. And so I... I would guess then your employer brand and your culture, um, if that isn't aligned to your core beliefs um, and your the values and promises you make to your consumers, then you're in big trouble. And so how, how and the actions of your employees, every tweet they make or what have you that's in the public realm. Um, if those go against what the company stands for, they can be, you know, then under the microscope. So how can an organization really be intentional in aligning their brand, their consumer brand with their employer brand, with their culture? Mm -hmm. I, I think it starts um, just similar to what we were saying, you know, really defining your purpose and uh, core values. So what do you believe in? What do you stand for? Uh, getting clear on what's your vision and strategy. I mean, I think you have to take your consumers and your employees into consideration there. But then it's it's understanding where where you are today. So doing that homework to say, you know, where are we today versus where do we want to be? And what are those gaps that we need to address or, again, define or articulate so that there is consistency across um, all employees and behaviors and actions and what they say and what they do. But that is, again, what your customers are going to feel. And so it does need to be aligned all the way through. And, and once you understand that, then it's starting to really define what makes you unique and what you believe in um, and, and going beyond the obvious. So when you talk about, you know, just a timely topic being an inclusive culture, what does what does that mean for your organization? Because inclusivity can um, look and show up a lot of different ways. And so, you know, looking at 
how how does that show up in your organization? And again, being very authentic and aligning with specifically the behaviors of the leaders, since they are the ones um, the most most people are looking to and um, emulating and looking up to and, uh, you know, setting the tone for the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how do you have, speaking of one of your values of, of candor, right? How do you have the conversation or do you with your clients who, you know, want to strengthen their brand? Um, Do you enter into the conversation about cultural alignment and it being more of a holistic um, integrated approach? And how do you, how do you begin that type of conversation with your clients? Yes. So we love to just outline our approach and process to building a brand. And we like to be able to show that, you know, aligning employer brand and consumer brand is going to be the way to build ultimate success. And sometimes this is a new concept for some clients. So there's, you know, a lot of questions and curiosity to dig in and do more. And um, for others, they might have a really strong, you know, HR department that could kind of come alongside us and work as we are building the uh, consumer brand. But it always starts with outlining the why, like, what is this? Why is it important? And what's the business case? for it. And then determining, you know, what's what's the right steps for Urban and Smith to take. We play um, a lot of different roles with our clients as it relates to uh, their branding partner. And sometimes we'll create the consumer brand. Sometimes we'll create the employer brand. Sometimes we'll do everything. Um, but it's really important for us to educate on the fact that these two need to work together and be in alignment um, in order for there to be a lot of great benefits benefits, um, not only for the business, but for the employees and potentials that could um, be hired in the future. So that alignment then, so how does an organization know, let's talk about consumer brand for a second. How does an organization know its brand is on point or it needs reimagining? right? What are some indicators that organizations need to know that should be looking for to say, ah, it's time to reinvent our brand or tweak it or, you know, what should leaders be looking for? I think there's probably a lot of those business factors. Overall sales and growth, are you on point um, with, you know, continuing to see those numbers increase and go in a positive direction? If not, might be time to re, you know, do some more listening and understand kind of the need your uh, product or service offers consumers. Um, it's looking at what's happening in the marketplace. So, you know, the competitive landscape is changing so quickly. So really understand how consumers are engaging with products and services, what's new on the market. Um, and, and again, looking at your brand holistically so that it's it's not just what's on paper or on your website or that logo again. It's really how does it meet your needs in a lot of different areas. So for, for me, I think there's a, a couple of those key business drivers and um, looking at the external market and factors that are coming into play. And I think those are probably some good leading indicators on if you need a brand refresh or a brand update. Okay, good. And what about an employer brand? How, what are those indicators that 
people should be looking for HR teams, for example, to say, you know what, our employer brand um, isn't aligned or isn't um, attracting the people that we want. I think I think that's it, Nicole. If if all of a sudden they're feeling like there's um, a real strain on potential resources to fill jobs, or that there are um, a really a high number of attrition, um, you know, turnover. If they're not able to attract senior level talent, that's one that comes up a lot. I think that's when we really start to look at. Um, the employer brand. Sometimes too, there is an awareness when a a brand or an HR team will Google themselves to look at Glassdoor reviews, see what's being said on social media, and really realizing, hey, there's a disconnect here because we thought one thing, and clearly that's not connecting with our teams in the way that we were intending. Okay, that's really good advice. Go Google yourself, right? See what comes up. What are your people telling you, saying about you online? And not just what are your consumers saying? What are your people saying? Um, so when we come back, we're going to break. I want uh, Let's talk about brand killers. What are some of the biggest mistakes um, that organizations make? And um, also want to understand... Um, what organizations need to keep in mind today, given the state of the world in the pandemic, um, with respect to uh, their brand and the experience um, they want their people and their consumers to have. So we will be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Would you like a complimentary strategy session with Leading on Purpose host Nicole Bendeley? Nicole and her team have been making it possible for leaders to achieve exceptional results with ease for over 40 years. Nicole will help you to discover what's getting in your team's way from even better results and will share with you the simple practices that will make a big difference to your performance and theirs. Visit kand.co slash strategy and book your session with Nicole today. That's kand.co slash strategy. Leading a team today can be hard, but it doesn't have to be a struggle. With Kanco's self-paced e-course, leading high-performance teams, you'll gain everything you need to build the cohesion, communication, and engagement needed for your team to thrive. Right now, save 30% off the e-course. Plus, Nicole, host of Leading on Purpose, is including two coaching sessions with her at no extra charge. Use promo code VA30 when you visit kand.co slash ecourse. That's promo code VA30. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned into Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. Find out more about Nicole and her company, K&Co, and check out her suite of leadership tools and resources at kand.co. Now, back to Leading on Purpose. All right, welcome back. So I want to talk about brand killers. So Heidi and Katie, in your experience, what do organizations do that 
are, is that are detrimental to their brand or what should organizations never do because it will just be um, a brand killer. I mean, I, I think a big one's that's uh, slapping lipstick on a pig. <laughs> you know, that they refer to of trying to cover something up or go out with a message because it's what um, you think you need to do in order to win consumers and employees over. But again, you know, n- needing to make sure that it is true to how you behave and operate internally. So if you go out with something that isn't authentic and, you know, you mm-hmm. might say it to consumers, but internally, if employees are saying that is not how we operate and that is not what they believe and value, um, it can have more, it can do more harm for a brand than than good. So I think it's really um, you know, being intentional and again, authentic about what you're posting and making sure that it aligns with your beliefs and values. Good. I love that one. I think that's number one for sure. (laughs) Two others that I'd add is uh, not getting feedback and also Mm -hmm. not being sustainable in your effort. So the first not getting feedback, uh, I think we've touched on this, but when you are assuming that this is a one-way message um, and that there isn't something of value that your customers, your employees in the community might be able to tell you on how you should and could make changes, um, I think that is a huge mistake and misstep. There have been a lot of brands that have been called out over the years, especially right now. Uh, So I think that's that's huge. Listen, learn, also be willing to say that you've made a mistake and then make it right. And then I think not being sustainable in the effort. And I think that goes back to what Mm. Heidi was saying in terms of being in alignment and being authentic, because when something isn't truly you from an employer's brand standpoint, or even, you know, that lines up, if you have this amazing brand campaign, but your product is eh, so-so or not really meeting up to all of this amazing work that's being produced, um, that is not going to be sustainable because somebody's going to raise a red flag. And so making sure that the effort is sustainable on that end, because it is authentic and in alignment, but also that if you are making sure that you're budgeting enough to promote this brand, right? Like we are in a really interesting time where we have so many different channels and so many different opportunities to connect with our customers make sure that you really understand who you're talking to and how the best way is to actually reach out to them and connect so that they are aware that your brand exists and how you can help make their life better. I love that really understanding because for example, you'll never catch me on Instagram, right? So if I'm in target market, maybe the, you know, the age bracket that I'm in um, may be on Instagram, but I'm not. Um, so really understanding the different places your, your consumers are and being able to enter into that dialogue. And so I know you mentioned, um, Amazon, but I'm curious, what are the best brands today? Like, what are the brands, whether they're up and coming and new, or we've heard about them and known them and loved them for years? What are the the the, the strongest brands out there that are really, you know, having people sit up and take notice? I think there's a lot in the technology space. So I, I look at some of these new 
And I would say it's across the board, just um, some of these disruptors coming into mm-hmm. into the space. So in fintech and healthcare, ag, you know, they're across the board. But I think what's really unique is that, again, they're challenging the status quo. They're um, putting out products, but they're doing it in, in, and it's working especially well right now as we're in this digital world and uh, can't connect. And a lot of it is online. They're just making the overall experience phenomenal with the use of technology. And so um, I think there's a lot, again, across the, across the board in the technology space that I find very inspiring um, from a consumer and from an employer perspective. Well, it's interesting because it seems like now more than ever, like you said, Heidi, it's less, it's more about the experience than the the product still really important, right? The quality of my car that I'm, I'm buying is still really important, but that experience today in buying that product. So I've been shocked, like shocked at how well Carvana is doing, by, for example. I remember when they first came out last year or two years ago, whenever it was, but who would ever buy a car this way? <laughs> right? They have gone through the roof, right? Thanks in part to the pandemic, but but it's just, you know, it, it's it's surprising to me which organizations can thrive and those that you may assume are going to do well, but don't because of their brand and the way in which they market themselves and the experience they create. And that comes down to the employer um, brand as well and the people that um, you bring on board. So Katie, is there a brand that, that you're taking notice of? I, I think my examples definitely that are resonating are more in alignment with how people have responded to the pandemic. People that mm. have shifted focus of what they make and what they do mm-hmm. to help others. And we have a, a client that is, you know, doing scuba training and swim lessons, and they partnered with an organization to donate masks, um, snorkel masks in order to help create PPP PPE opportunities. And that was like things like that. People are shifting what they do and thinking about how they use their products and the technology and their knowledge in a different way. I think it's just blowing my mind. Like this, talk about a time of innovation when we have so many resources at our disposal, but I've just not seen this level of ingenuity in so long. Uh, And that is really, really cool. Um, as a, a newer parent, um, you know, honestly, one of the employer brand videos uh, that gets propped up that has me in tears every time uh, is the, um, there's an Etsy uh, video oh, that they created for their extended parental leave um, that just, I think, shows the heart of the company. Anytime that they're uh, able to create something that connects with an audience but fits a real need, I feel like Dove has done that time and time again and really tapped into things that haven't been talked about, haven't been done, um, and really are looking into um, being authentic to their industry, but also kind of peeling back some of the layers and saying like, we want this to be different. And I always connect with any messages with any brand that is doing something like that. I think that's just so heartfelt and so effective. (laughs) I love that. Those are really great examples. And so 
what are keeping, you know, what's keeping CEOs up at night these days? You know, knowing the clients that you work with, knowing the pandemic and the impact to businesses and their people and their consumers, what's keeping CEOs up at night right now? Yeah, I I think it's that pace of change, um, needing to shift extremely quickly. We're seeing a lot more clients come to us um, and and putting that brand strategy at the forefront of we we need to... um, you know, look more forward, make this more of a digital first, consumer first type of experience. And so we're seeing a big shift there where, again, people are coming to us for the consumer brand and the employer brand, but also then once that's defined, how do we start to create that uh, digital first type of experience, knowing that websites are typically where people are going first to learn about a brand, their apps, the technology, um, social media. So just really looking at it from that perspective. I would also say um, the pace of innovation and again, that need to uh, fill talent shortage. Now, I know there there's more talent on the market right now as, as a result of the pandemic, but I think the challenge there is um, closing that skills gap. So really looking at how can we come up with some innovative programs uh, that help retrain or skill up employees who have been impacted by the pandemic? So again, kind of getting into that employer brand and looking mm-hmm. at new innovative ways, um, partnerships to, to really get things to market faster so that it's not all creating from scratch, but maybe it's, it's bringing things together in order to meet some of those fast demand needs. Are you seeing more organizations hiring for fit than ever before, as opposed to skills that can be, or technical skills that can be taught? Are you seeing more of a lean towards fit? I think we've seen a lean towards people start at least starting to talk about it um, in terms of how those practices are rolled out. Um, I guess I can't mm-hmm. speak directly to that, but I think people are understanding more and more that they have to define what they stand for as an employer brand so they can attract right. the right fit, be able to articulate who you are, what you believe, what type of person is going to thrive in this environment so that you can get the right talent. And And that's why we are um, really helping to consult and shape these employer brands for our clients because they know more than ever, you know, before this is one of those, um, you know, assets that you have that is one of the most important things you can possess because it is the thing that is going to attract people to your company. And so I think, um, it is top of mind and it is becoming a top priority 100%. Mm-hmm. How often, I'm curious, is HR at the table right at the onset when you're talking about brand and what's the risk in not having them there? So let's say a client's brought you in to talk about brand and not like company brand or consumer brand and not employer brand. How often is, is HR there right at the beginning or, or culture or people and culture, whatever you want to call the department? I, I think that's an area where we're seeing a big change. So a couple years ago, um, rarely at the table, and we would often recommend, this is probably where we want to bring HR in. Right. And they're part of this conversation. And, and I wouldn't say just HR. I mean, it does go back to operations, mm-hmm. IT, HR, point. 
And so if, if you have a strong brand strategy and a strong employer brand, it should influence the output and the decisions of every single one of those departments. But specifically, as we talk about HR, I would say in the last year or two, um, our marketing partners, CMOs, uh, you know, CEOs of organizations understand that HR needs to be part of that conversation. And it's fun because they're being pulled in early. They're helping us shape it. And now we're looking at it from the consumer and that employer perspective. So it's it's been really fun to see that that evolution and how, how it's tying in. Perfect. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're starting to be invited to the table. It's so important. Um, so we've got a couple of minutes left. I'd love to hear, you know, if, um, what do you want our listeners to really walk away with? What are the top two or three things relating to consumer brand and employer brand that you really want people to walk away um, with today? I think first and foremost, if you feel like maybe you don't have an employer brand um, or uh, feel like maybe it deserves a little bit more time and attention, that it is worth the effort and the process. It is critical. And I invite you to maybe ask some questions and audit your own brand to see what might be there so that you can put the time, energy, and effort into developing a strong employer brand because it is going to pay dividends. You cannot have a strong consumer brand without a strong employer brand. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible, right? Yeah. What would you say, Heidi? For me, I think it's it's making sure you dedicate the appropriate resources and make it an investment. So if if this isn't a top priority for you from a consumer or an employer brand, um, that brand's going to happen whether right. you influence <laughs> it or not. And so I think it's better to, to make the investment and spend the time doing it because, again, as we just talked about, that authenticity and um, aligning with values and creating consistency across the organization, you need that foundation to go back to. And so I just think it's really important that if if you haven't made that investment or dedicated the appropriate resources, that you, you really get clear on doing that. And so as we close, for an organization who wants to first start looking at their brand, their consumer brand, do they start with purpose? I know we're wrapping in a minute, but is that where they start the why and our values? Is that where they should start? I think that's a great place to start. Certainly audit currently what you have, uh, but purpose, mission, um, uh, brand uh, values, and uh, kind of your, your employee value proposition are a great place to start. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. And again, to learn more about Irvin and Smith and to sign up for their newsletter, just check out irvinandsmith.com. And as always, if you'd like a complimentary strategy session um, with me, please go to kand.co slash strategy. And I wish you all an amazing week and I'll connect with you all again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat place. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in again for another edition of Leading on Purpose with your host, Nicole Bendeley, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful week.